Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. Brought to you by GlanviaConnect.com. Hello and welcome to Farm View. Well, as usual, it's Kieran O'Connor here with your weekly show. And once again, I have a packed programme for you. Well, on this week's programme, I'll have an in-depth interview with our Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell-Logue, who was in Watford recently. I'll also have a harvest update and catch up with tillage farmers from Capricorn, Kevin and Tim Luby. Plus, we hear from Trevor Power about his very successful early bird free-range eggs enterprise in Ballinamult. And plus, I'll have our farming calendar. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanviaConnect.com. Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. Well, Minister for Agriculture, Food and Marine, Charlie McConnell made a visit to the South East, indeed, particularly Waterford, last week. And earlier in the week, I got a chance to talk and travel down to Kilmac to meet him at Flavins of Kilmac. First of all, Minister, you're very welcome to Waterford. Thanks very much, Kieran. Great to be here and uh, wonderful weather for it as well. So very much enjoyed the capacity. Obviously, it's a great relief to be able to actually start to engage face to face and uh, be out and about and, uh, and on the ground uh, in a way that hasn't been possible over the last number of of weeks and months uh, obviously within reason and within the guidelines still but it's, it's a great it's very refreshing indeed particularly in this lovely summer weather and we're delighted to have you down here as regards uh, you're in Dunmore East I believe you're going up to Gillian Gillian's uh, dairy farm of course renowned dairy farmer watering dairy farmer but we're here in Flavins of Kilmac which really epitomise Irish agriculture or the Irish food industry at its very best it certainly does and it shows really how you know we the innovation and development has really driven uh, our agri-food industry to become as strong as it has and to be some such a great employer and there's no better example of that here of John Flavin and his family and the great tradition that goes back 275 years at the, at the site here in Kilmac Thomas and uh, you know it was great to get a presentation this morning in terms of how it's developed from a focus on oats and uh, and the basic product a number of years ago to the, the diversification in recent years and developing new markets internationally but also developing new product ranges domestically and how that has worked really well and uh, it's a credit to all involved and, and, and I've no doubt will go on to great success in the years ahead as they have Minister. before. It's a crucial time for the Irish agri-food industry, huge industry for the whole economy within Ireland. You have the common agricultural policy of climate, and environment and the whole area of sustainable food. As regards the Council of Ministers and of course the EU, the EU Council and the, the EU Commission, the common agricultural policies, is that cast in stone now or is there wriggle room still left there? Yeah, no, well, there's very significant capacity now for us to develop our own national common agricultural plan over the next number of weeks and months and that's a key part of why I'm uh, touring the country at the moment and uh, coming to Waterford and indeed Wexford in the, in the last uh, day or two as well. I fought very hard at European level in terms of agreeing the, the overall European framework for CAP to ensure that we would have as much flexibility as possible to make decisions that are important to the country at, at domestic level right. and thankfully for example in relation to some of the key issues such as you know convergence and uh, issues around the front loading and also how we developed your, uh, a key part of this next CAP unlike previously that we do have the capacity and flexibility to develop ones that suit our needs. So I will be looking to do that and by engaging with farmers and consulting with them and that's a process which have commenced and will be right. engaged in over the next weeks the and months. The big area now as I mentioned earlier, climate, the environment the climate action bill and definitely 
it's really front and foremost in these in these talks in this new common agricultural policy and farmers are reckoning and they will have to do more to get less but it's key that we get that right I remember speaking to Maureen McGuinness almost 10 years ago and she said the environment is going to be the biggest factor for the Irish agri-food industry going forward and how right she was yeah absolutely and, and listen but not just for agriculture but for right across the, the whole economy and indeed that's the case worldwide and we've seen from weather events this summer alone as well as recent years the fact that climate change internationally is a, is happening right. and it's a real issue and, and everyone has to play their part in relation to contributing to that and, and agriculture has done and, and is willing to, to play its role and to take a lead in relation to that too it's important there's a partnership approach in relation to that and, and the common agricultural policy will be important in this regard that in terms of asks that are made of farmers and options and, and choices that they are paid for those op- options that are available and that incomes are very much central to how we move forward and of course in relation to the production of that food consumers now domestically and internationally want to be sure that the food that's produced and lands on their table whether it be breakfast, dinner or tea that it is produced that is not just healthy and safe which we do massively well and always have done but it is exceptionally sustainable and that it works and it's produced in synchronisation with the environment around it and that's really important and that, that is the way forward for agriculture as well and I think that's the by taking a lead on that that's the way we ensure that in terms of farmers profit and the value of what we export and the, the value of our product is, is maintained and enhanced in the, the time area ahead. of emissions and indeed a lot of people speaking to several farmers over the last number of weeks and one of our signpost farmers mentioning farmers are doing huge work be it from the slurry with the trailing shoe the biodiversity the solar panels you know the protected urea quality water farmers are doing a lot Dan, and they're planting a lot of trees they're planting a lot of hedgerows do you feel farmers are not getting true recognition for what they're doing and are being blamed for a lot outside of their um, scope as such. Absolutely, I think that's a very fair point Kieran. I, I think farmers have done massive amount and they were very much in this space ahead of anyone else and if we look at you know agricultural schemes for example over recent caps moving from reps to AOS to glass recently, the farmers, the environment has been very central to the to a lot of the, the cap programs we've developed domestically and to the actions that farmers have been taking in terms of maintaining water right. control, in terms of how we manage, ma- manage nutrients that has been, uh, there's been massive uh, farmer effort to ensure that that has done well. We, we, we are going to have to continue that journey and, and do more and, and look at you know how we manage uh, soil fertility, soil health, how we uh, interact with feeding techniques, uh, developing new science around feeding as well, for example, in relation to managing mm. uh, methane. Um, and also then, you know, uh, taking proactive measures in relation to addressing the biodiversity decline that has undoubtedly been seen over the years and decades. And farmers are up for that, but it's really important they get the recognition for what they've been doing and how what they will do. And you're absolutely right, that isn't always the case and that's something that I consistently point out as well and represent farmers on. Obviously direct payments are a huge part of farmer income. A lot of family farms, particularly in your neck of the woods in, in the, we'll say, west of the Shannon, up as far as Donegal, down here in Munster and the southeast. Unfortunately there's a tractor passing there with a, 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 a load, load of bales, pay. fine load of, of, of bales there. But farmers as regards the whole area of the direct payments, it's so crucial but it's very much linked into the environment and farmers really have to embrace that and realise that that's part and parcel. Most of them are, but a lot of people are questioning the whole uh, linkage of that environment and uh, about improving s- sustainability really on their farm. It is about embracing that and that's undoubtedly the direction of travel and it's actually, you know, we have a tremendous reputation internationally for being sustainable and green and world leading in what we do 
and in how we produce the food that we export and that you know the grass based system we have is very much central to that and is you know fairly unique in, in international terms as well so it's something we should embrace and that we can build on and develop on and uh, I think that's something farmers will do and I think it will mean that the value of our food uh, will increase in the years ahead ultimately uh, from an agricultural sustainability point of view it's about farm incomes ensuring farmers are well paid for, for the work they're doing for the food they produce and I think you know we can have a very good balance there where we lead out on the environment continue to produce the food we do right. but reduce the carbon footprint uh, involved in actually producing it and also lead on in terms of the biodiversity and overall that's a product which will which will uh, be very marketable and quite valuable uh, internationally then too big enterprise down here of course is dairy down here in literally in the sunny southeast we all know the ongoing Lambia Bellevue project indeed the hold up there and pass through Board Panala but you have Antashka holding the whole matter so hopefully um, we can drive on from there from an industry point of view but it's so crucial a plant like that not to have milk being transported from the southeast right around the country where again you'll be causing more environmental problems that, that, than this state-of-the-art plant for continental cheese in Bellevue and Waterford Port. Absolutely I mean that whole the whole concept behind that plant is about adding value and enhancing the value of the the, the, the primary produce is already being produced by farmers in dairy parlours and in farms right across the southeast and the south and it's very welcome to see thankfully that the, the core challenges have been upheld that we will now see the, the hopefully the, the, the plant proceed um, and uh, in the time ahead I think you know the, the, that approach in relation to adding value to what we do represents a tremendous opportunity One area we've been featuring the last number of number of weeks on the programme is the whole area of forestry because really it's an area that was frowned on by many people if a farmer put in went down to Suckley and put in 20-30 acres uh, be it a part time or full time was, was perceived as putting up the white flag and really was opting out of farming great opportunity there good premium and uh, indeed good grants but this whole area of the licences we've 40% done out of 4,500 there's going to be a backlog what can you do to ensure because the timber industry the whole forestry industry and encouraging people to get, to get involved who are being questioned now because the fact of all this hold up there is great opportunity there for a forestry sector and you're absolutely right as well Kieran we do have to change the culture around how forestry is seen and ensure that it is integrated into people's farming practices and that, that farmers can do it on a small scale as well and indeed look at the potential for, for agroforestry and, and, and more native broadleaf um, uh, in integration in, in, at farm level too but there undoubtedly has been a very significant uh, challenge in recent year to 18 months with regard to the issuing right. of licences it emerged from a court case which changed the way which we had to do and issue licences and we've radically increased the number of staff on it since then we are starting to get on top of it and, and that has been improving gradually over the last number of weeks and months But How uh, hopeful are you that we can uh, get to that target of uh, 4,500 uh, by the end of 2021? I am hopeful uh, I, I certainly expect that we will reach that by the end of this year and then build on that next year and that will be a significant improvement on last year but not let me be clear not for a second do we diminish Karen, the fact that there has been a massive challenge here that the centre of that has been the licensing delays that, have, that, that, that there's been in the department obviously there's there's causes uh, to the backdrop of that as, as I mentioned in relation yes. to court decisions we've taken this very seriously and Minister Hackett has put in tremendous work on it uh, we introduced new legislation to so reform the system we, catch up we, that we, we are making pro absolutely and it's an absolute yeah. imperative and the, yeah. the, the first step is to is to ensure that we're meeting demand with, with the supply and getting that out and also that we tip over that tip over the edge then in relation to very soon in relation to addressing the backlog and starting the process of clearing that Minister for Agriculture, Food and Marine Charlie McConnell listen thanks for taking time out to talk to us here in Kilmac on a beautiful sunny day hope you enjoy the rest of your tour of Waterford South East and hope it won't be long before we see you back again thank you very much Kieran. a pleasure Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR with GlanviaConnect.com thousands of products in the palm of your hand and you will come back to part two of Farm View
you now, let's have a look at some items from our farm in Canada. First of all, turning to our farmer markets and country markets and what an array of local farm fresh products we have on offer right around the city and county every week. This Saturday morning, we've offered farmers market John Roberts Square, Tremor Farmers Market Priest Road, Tremor, and Strabley Farmers Market every Saturday morning in the beautiful village of Strabley from 10 until 1. Two offerings on Sunday, Lismore Farmers Market, Castle Avenue, Lismore from 10 until 4, and also Ardmore Farmers Market just off the beach car park, now running every Sunday from 11 till 3. Thursdays, as usual, it's Dungarvan Farmers Market, Grattan Square, Dungarvan, always a hive of activity from 9 until 2, while on Friday mornings, Margot Slater was on to remind us that Dungarvan Country Markets are now back at their usual haunt of Causeway Tennis Club and Abbey Side from 9 until 1. Great to hear that. While also on Friday mornings, of course, we have the Warford Farmers Market in St. Olive's Hall from 9 till 1. And also, of course, on our marts, turning to our mart front, New Ross Mart running every Saturday from half past nine with cattle from half past nine, while it's Dungarvan Mart every Monday from 11 o'clock. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanviaConnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. Well, with the brilliant sunshine last week, great to see such activity with the tillage harvest, great to see combines in the field, and great to see dust rising out of the fields as we cross the county over the last seven days or so. But earlier in the week, I got a chance to go along to Copper Quinn where the dust was definitely flying to catch up with the Luby brothers. First of all, Kevin, winter barley, how well is it going for you? It's going very well, Kieran. yeah. It's, I suppose this year we're absolutely blessed with the weather with the last week or ten days that the harvest came in an awful lot faster than we initially thought. We, we, we ex- expected two weeks ago we wouldn't be harvesting until possibly next week um, but we started last Sunday and we've been uh, tipping away at it there all week and we'll hopefully be, be finished up in another day or so. It's been, it's been an easy run so far. Crop so far, obviously it was a mixed spring with a lot of rain. Has the sunshine come too late or is it, has it worked out reasonably well from a, a crop point of view and from a yield point of view? Well I suppose April was a tough month where it was cold and it was very hard to get spraying done with the frost. Maiden came exceptionally wet. June was good, got a little bit dry for a while and July has been good so far. Um, I suppose moistures in the grain are, are, are exceptionally low this year due to the, the serious sunshine and heat we've had in the last week. Um, and I suppose quality of grain has, uh, has held quite well too. So look, it's, it's very hard to fault the year so far. Good to have a good crop but you need a good man on the combine. Tim, uh, you're really taking your time around the crop but how are you finding from a harvesting and a combine point of view? Yeah, it has been okay so far I suppose. It has been a little bit tough. The straw has stayed quite green mm. and they will say the actual moisture of the actual grain has been very low which is a bit unusual so we kind of call it maybe a bit of a false ripening it has actually ripened in very fast with that 26 to 30 degree heat so hence that you're going that slow hence we're going a bit slow I suppose yeah. and, and look the, the, please God there is a good crop out there and we don't want to lose any of it out the back or whatever on a good day Tim what could you do well, I know it depends obviously on weather but on a good fine day like we've had over the last week or so ah yeah look we wouldn't be um, of an overly high output machine but I suppose if we did a long day or whatever we could cut somewhere up to maybe 30 acres if we needed to right. but to be honest you, with mixed sizes of fields and maybe um, maybe logistics of moving right. maybe 5 or 10 miles we'll say you mightn't get that output every day but we're going away grand and, and hopefully by tomorrow we'll have the winter berry tidied up and we'll have a little bit of a break then and we move on to wheat and spring barley Kevin turning to you about the product mix obviously winter barley is great to get the let's say the harvest up up and running early the crop mix that you have for this year well, here we're what you call a, a, a true mixed farm here where we, we have our dairy I suppose is our, our, one of our main enterprises but we it's still, grow, it's still the main enterprise yeah um, probably grown more so in the last 6 or 7 years and the tillage has retracted a little bit but we grow winter barley and spring barley we have malting barley for Glambia and distilling barley for um, Irish distillers in Middleton through McDonald Burrows and Fmoy and Pat Dens and Capaquin we grow feed wheat we grow mm-hmm. oats for Flahavans and we grow uh, protein beans as well for, for animal feed As regards to crop mix like that how difficult is as regards rotation or, or um, how are you finding that whole area and are the beans a help within that? 
Yeah, we're growing beans there with about four years now. We didn't have any in 2018 because the, it was the year of the drought and the very wet spring, so it was just too late to plant them. But we find uh, the crop mix great because it spreads our workload where we can kind of, we're never under any immense pressure to get anything in and worked at the one time where we can start in the autumn and we can work our way through the autumn and then into the mm. spring and there's a nice mix. But we find the beans super. They're probably one of the best, if not the best, break crop we have. Um, it's a native local source of protein where it literally travel three miles from the feed from the field into the, the local feed mill and uh, it'll come back out mm. to us in a, in a feed lorry then hopefully in the in the spring but we find it being super yeah makes a lot of sense Tim turning to you it's an area really where there's huge potential and we talk a lot about importation of soya and other proteins this is an area that really needs a lot of um, I think a lot more promotion and a lot more incentive for guys to get involved in yeah hugely like look it's, it's all very commonly known it's very commonly publicised in, in, in so social media and things like that that environmental and sustainability and things like that are, are the future we're going to have to live with it and we're going to have to do our part and I think that if as Kevin said there if we can get a local protein mm. we'll say with, with, with low carbon miles yeah. compared to the boat of soya that comes from South America why not we should be and look there is incentives from the EU to grow it I think the incentives need to get bigger right. and um, that might push fellas on and as regards the incentive for mills and people involved in the feed industry to use that uh, do you think there's something needed there or do you think it's just awareness there or, or, or what do you think needs to be done basically what I'm I saying? do I do I agree with that yeah. that is a point mm-hmm. that look soya can be very variable in price it can it can rotate a lot we'll say from a very cheap price to a high price but when it's stacked up against beans soya wins out a lot of times as cost effective we'll say going into a ration so I think that if the EU or the government or whoever they need to incentivise the mills to use it and I suppose locally grown rations are definitely something that yeah. needs to be promoted and be supported I suppose by by the EU and by the Irish government as well as local dairy farmers. And your experience here as Kevin said with the beans has been good and indeed act as a great break crop and indeed um, your acre is obviously increasing year by year. Yeah well like I think what we have majorly seen is that if you go on with say a continuous barley crop 10 years of barley your yields are always going down. It's very very hard to get big yields but when you get a good rotation and use the likes of beans you're definitely increasing your yields. Kevin finally turning to you the, the crop mix you have added value is so important so you're your uh, malting barley and what, what areas to wait for for feed for feed wheat yeah. but as, as regards the malting barley how important are crops like that that added value crop very huge part of a cure because look there is years when the added value part of the crop it, it in the overall scheme of things it mightn't contribute huge but years when grain prices are low the added value is, is worth a fortune we were growing malting barley here for Glambia since long before I ever remember my dad was at it before us spring barley are very good we're, we're, we're getting on very well with it the distillery barley was a new market that appeared last year and unfortunately the two private merchants that we deal with are, 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 are big promoters of it so having the, the, the mix like that and the added value is very important the Flavin's outlet through the local merchant here in Capuchin as well for the oats is, is huge as well we need all these markets and local markets for, for our grains so we can keep doing what we do and keep it local and keep it sustainable and keep employment in the area and Kevin finally we're keeping it local are you still is your hurling career still so good for Capricorn <laughs> are you still lining out this year in the middle of all so this some, harvest some so, so, yeah, some we're, we're still tipping away we're still tipping away yeah. we, we didn't go straight on Wednesday night now we might no. be in trouble you get excused we, yeah we get a little bit excused but look we're, we're tipping away and, and the club scene look we're, yeah. we're under a bit of pressure I think numbers wise but I think that's a rural that's yes. a rural issue and I suppose we, we feel a bit maybe obliged to to, to stay in with the club and, and stay fairness, going and you were part of the team that won the county one monster and yeah, yeah. three lubies on board listen lads well done great to talk to you sorry for holding up the procedure but listen well done and best luck for the rest of the harvest thanks, thanks a million Kieran
Well, as always, Thursday in Dungarvan, Grattan Square, and Thursday morning is a hive of activity with the farmer's market. With this brilliant sunshine, of course, and the number of tourists and staycationers around, it's really hectic. And one man who's really benefited from that and doing a fantastic job with his free-range eggs is Trevor from Early Bird in Ballinamull. First of all, Trevor, what a buzz here. Yeah, Dungarvan has done really well, Kieran, in fairness. It's great to see things opening up. I think Dungarvan is definitely, with all the restaurants and outdoor seating, is definitely taking advantage of it. It's, it's really doing well. It's great to see it. Trevor, the free-range eggs, I spoke to you before on this, but when did you decide that this was going to be a commercial venture for you? Um, 16 years ago here now we started. It was the farm at home was small. We were in daring, but we just didn't have the land base to keep expanding as things grew. So we were looking for something that would didn't need a huge amount of land, but just could give the farm a viable future. So we looked at hens and started with that, and we've been done really well, to be fair. Now we've 29 acres just with all hens. So. And starting off number-wise, what number of birds did you have, and what do you have now? Yeah, we started off with one house, but now we're up to three houses. So we've over 11,000 birds now. My God. Yeah, in different houses. When you say houses, is very much houses kind of an open, an open-ended scenario? Yeah, exactly. Houses out in fields. So it's more a cover more than yeah, a house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is great for the hens. Like the, the houses are opened up first thing every morning, and the, f- the birds are free to run the fields all day long. We lock them in there at night just for our safety for themselves. Any problem with foxes or, or birds? No, or, or generally not. Kim. We, dogs we, or whatever. We, we fence the boundaries just to keep. Uh, it's more to keep predators out than keep the hens in to be honest but the good fencing and that we still have to keep an eye on them we have yes. to be there somebody has to be on the farm the whole time but no generally we're okay that way as regards I know they're free range but what's the main diet for, the, for your hens um, it's a cereal ration it's based on wheat wheat is really a good feed source for hens and they do really good on right. so wheat and distilled grains and soya is the main and Trevor picking the eggs um, obviously it's a family job who else is involved with you and it's, obviously it's pretty labour intensive it is there's a lot of work in with that number like we have two people working full time on the farm as well as in family help as well my wife Sandra is, helps on the farm as well so it's busy as regards the name early bird you say rise and shine to the freshest early bird eggs I think it's a super name Trevor it is good um, when we started off we are looking for something that kind of just to capture the whole thing of coming direct from the farm to the restaurants and shops directly and nobody else in the county right. is delivering direct from farm to uh, direct to the customers so that's why the name really encapsulated that and that yellow pack and the blue and white uh, the Warford colours there with the alarm clock and the egg inside and I think yeah. fabulous uh, who's responsible for that was that your brainchild or your good wives yeah my wife done most of that in that yeah. and a company and leave it, leave well. women, so, yeah. Yeah, well listen so. well done with your early bird packaging as regards the, the market here how important is this for you and who else the, the supply? Ah, the market is really important. It's from the start, 16 years ago, we've been at the market. So we do John Gavin and Tom every week. Right. And it's a really good base for us. Uh, we supply super values in Waterford as well and Tip. We supply our keen stores and an awful lot of the restaurants yeah. in Waterford. So we've been really busy. Listen, it's a fantastic success. Well done to you and all the family you need, particularly your wife. And well done with your packaging, Early Board. It's very distinctive. The yellow pack with the blue and white Early Board. Rise and shine to the freshest Early Board egg. Trevor, Early Board eggs in Ballinamore. Listen, best of luck in the future. And Thanks for talking to me. Thanks very much, Ken. And before I go on the racing front, we had a good week again for local Watford Connections. The Stapman again crossed channel, Dungarvan Jock, Trevor Wheel, and Trevor Road winners at Lingfield and again at Leicester as well. So keeping up a fantastic run at the moment. While Kappa Jock, Tom Queeley, was also in the winner's enclosure at Yarmouth. Back home at Limerick, great evening for Watford Connections last week at Limerick. We had a win for Kappa trainer Declan Queeley. 
the well-known Tala owner trainer the evergreen John Morrison was also a winner as enclosure and to round up a great day for Warford Connections our more owner Brian Gleeson combined with his young son John L. Gleeson and indeed Dungavon trainer John Kiley to land the final race at Limerick what an evening for the Gleeson family and I'm sure a very proud granddad Lee there as well well that's my lot for this week's programme once again my thanks to Ollie and Sean for all their help in putting this week's programme together so stay safe and hopefully I'll have your company again same time next week Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR with glanbeaconnect.com thousands of products in the palm of your hand with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.